Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Chicken. With a woman next to her smiling and bottle feeding a newborn baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all bow the door. And the World Wrestling Federation! Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. And I, um, it's been a long time since I've done this intro. Lady lost my foot in there. I'm going to start it again. I'm going to start it again. I'm going to start it again. We're going to clap. We're going to start again. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads get themselves primed for extreme rules. We are here via our Ica Pro powered DeLorean, very far from extreme, very limited by rules. Who be we? Well, I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion Tom Campbell, and I am not with the bear in the blue bar cage. I'm not with the head pen of Cultaholic. Not the man who needs a pencil, doesn't need a pencil, needs a pen, gets it right every time. Not with Justin Henry from Half of America. If you listen to the classic uh, Nitro watch along, you'll know that Justin Henry has stepped away from the classic Raw review. We had a massive fallout. No, we didn't. <laughs> um, Justin Henry is is one of the hardworking writers that we have stateside, and he is keen to pursue other writing endeavors within Cultaholic. He's staying with us, but it does mean it comes at a cost of not having time to sit and talk about crap old episodes of Raw anymore. Justin, if you're listening, watching, I love you. All the best. Thank you for being my friend for the last several years. Uh, But we move on to a shiny new era, and I am joined for the very first time by another pen from Cultaholic. May need a pencil. A a less hardworking pen. (laughs) Not say. Uh, It's not for me to say, but I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, We're with Jack Atkins. Hi, Jack Atkins. Hi, Tom. Can I call you Jackkins? You may. Can I call you Helen? Jackins. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, the funny thing is, as we mentioned when we did the Nitro watch along, is that when Justin 
was making the decision to step away. Uh, Justin, myself, and Adam Pajizi, leader, all independ- independently said, let's get Jack Atkins to suffer old episodes of Raw with yeah. you. He looks like he likes shite wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of people are hearing your dulcet tones for the very first time, and mm. they are listening going, oh, that accent, he's clearly Australian. Yes, I'm from Canberra, Australia. I thought you yeah. were. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Jackins. I am from the lovely borough of Merseyside. Merseyside. I am on the wrong side of the Mersey. I am from the Borough Peninsula. So oh. I'm not actually from Liverpool, like Arthur Zachary boy, Owen Mawson. Oh, okay. But I'm closer to Liverpool City Centre, so that makes me better. The so. thing I love about Liverpool City Centre is there is a shopping, there's a shopping precinct called Liverpool One. Mm-hmm. And there is an Everton store in Liverpool One, which they've named Everton Two. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the address is Everton Two, Liverpool One. That level of petty in a football derby is stuff that I live for. Well, like t- two... Stores down from it is the Liverpool shop, which is bigger and has the better, the better uh, shop front. So we we won that war. We won oh, that war. Yeah. <laughs> fair to yeah. say we yeah. had the last laugh. Yeah, of course. Um, what brought you to Cultaholic? Um, I was a freelance magazine journalist and doing bits and bobs for years. Watched from the early days. I was a lapsed fan, so my way of keeping up was living through the lads on on YouTube and going, well, they've watched it. I don't need to watch it. What have they said? Uh, and I remember I used to listen to the podcast while doing ironing and bumbling around. And Pachiti said, oh, we'll, we'll have jobs coming soon. Why have I done the voice? We said, <laughs> we'll have to do the voice. Do the voice. Do the voice. Do the voice. We'll have jobs soon. And I had a look and I sent in a script. Didn't know, like, the format of how things work here. So I did a top ten hosses script, which if I've... I tried to second-guess the audience. I thought, right, so we'll have mainly younger people. They won't have heard of this. They won't have heard of that. I'll put them in because they're popular. And all the comments were like, where's Gary Albright? And I was like, yeah, I was going to oh, put Gary Albright in there. We talked yeah. about this in the office, yeah. yeah and it's it was just you basically trying to figure out what people wanted. And yeah. That's the joy of being a writer. Yeah, so <laughs> that was two years ago, and... Every week since then, I've been called a dickhead by someone on YouTube. Um, but the handy thing is, it's the handy thing is with, with being the writer. A lot of the time, for a lot of the, if you're writing a list for one of us to read, it's us that gets the the flag. Yeah, so you're like the you're, you're the silent assassin in that case. But also on the other <laughs> the, the other side of the coin, I will tip my hat to myself here. Ooh. I was the I, I was the lead writer on the every WrestleMania match rank. Oh, mate, you were. God bless you for that. We had a brief window where we were back uh, in the office, you know, during times where the world was on fire in 2020. And you'd started writing that list in June of 2020. Yes. That was an undertaking. Oh, my. It was it was fine until I got to the top 20. And it's so much easier to write and talk about terrible wrestling than it is about good wrestling. So when I got to the top 20, it was like, oh, these are all really good matches and... I had to take a step away from it. But when the video came out, all the comments were like, Pachiti, you're a trooper, as are the video editors. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, so what we have in our midst, friend, is a keen wrestling fan of a certain vintage who is looking for a little bit of the credit and loves <laughs> writing about crap wrestling. 
He's perfect! He's perfect to take over the mantle for Raw in 1995. <laughs> you can fuck on this, by the way. It's fine. Okay, can, can, you can do a fuck on this. Oh, it's we fine. can do a fuck on this. Yeah, great. that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I mean, we've been doing fucks on it for a while. It's fine. Um, what was so we're currently in 1995, and we're going to get into uh, this week's episode of Raw very, very soon. Um, where were you as a wrestling fan in 1995? So 1995, how old was I? I was six, going on seven. Yeah. I was already a lapsed fan. You'd already dropped out. Yeah, I dropped out at WrestleMania 9. Ah. Um, and I came back end of 97, beginning of 98, when everyone did. But it was, I kept kind of one eye on it. It wasn't that I stopped liking wrestling. Mm. It's my older brother, who's older by 10 years, stopped liking wrestling, wasn't getting the videos anymore, so I wasn't watching it. He was into grunge music and girls, and I was just into Power Rangers. So, and and grunge and girls. Eventually, yeah. Eventually. Yeah, yeah. What about grungy Power Rangers? Oh, just the Brown Ranger, the Grey <laughs> Ranger. I wouldn't want to be the Brown Ranger. The Puce Ranger. The, pu- <laughs> <laughs> the Magenta Ranger. That's so, no, Magenta's not a very grungy color. I'd I'd tapped out. My cousin was still really into it, mm. so he'd be telling me about like Diesel and Razor Ramon. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, Bret Hart? And he was like, yeah, Bret Hart's still there. Shawn Michaels is still there. And then, so when I came back into it, I was like, The Undertaker's got tattoos now, and he's satanic. Who's this Steve Austin? What's, what's <laughs> happened since I've been gone? And, yeah, it was night and day. But, um, yeah, I knew, you know, knew about Doink, knew about crush and adam bomb i just didn't watch it yeah it was it was uh, it was uh, not many people did at this point uh but we're entering a really exciting time in the timeline uh because as you have already heard the cultaholic classic nitro reviews talked about it we are now head to head with wcw monday nitro is a thing it's no longer a a, it's no longer an idea a concept it's it's actually happening and what we're going to talk about today is a piece of history it's a piece of l'histoire as it's the first episode of monday night raw the goes up against Nitro. This is it now. The war's on. And, and good luck for the next couple of years. So um, we're going to... So this is going to feel a little bit different because normally this is where I talk through some of the, the key moments from The Observer and then I'd throw to uh, Justin to talk us through the episode of Raw. But because I am in the company of, of a great almanac of wrestling knowledge in Jackkins, uh, Jackkins will be going through <laughs> some of the, 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 the stories from the week in wrestling. Yeah. Bloody week in the wrestling. And LVI going through the rigors of this week's episode of Monday Night Raw with you. Uh, so a slightly different sound, but we're going to get on and have a wonderful time of doing it. So... We are back September the 11th, 1995. We are. Uh, we are still doing some warmed cold cuts from uh, a beefy taping of Raw at this Ooh. point, aren't we? Yeah. A little bit of real world stuff before we go to you. Number one at the US box office at the moment is To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh, the Patrick Swayze classic. That's the one, yeah. yeah. A little bit of drag queen action. Happy <laughs> days. Uh, number one at the UK box office, uh, The Bridge of Madison County. Starring Clint Eastwood. Mm. Directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, it's a, it's a, I think it was basically Mortal Kombat up until like this week. Oh, right. Was, yeah. was, was everywhere. God, that's 1995, isn't it? Oh, it's so <laughs> very 1995. <laughs> Number one in the US charts was Coolio Gangster's Paradise. Power in the morning, man in the power. And number one in the UK charts was Michael Jackson, You Are Not Alone. Oh. You Are Not Alone. Power in the money, <laughs> money in the power. <laughs> That's a good, lovely song. Uh, Big video game release from this week. Just the one. It was Rayman for the PS1, the Saturn, and the Jaguar. Oh, we had that. You had Rayman? My brother got uh, the PlayStation 1 the day of launch. 
and I remember him paying £400 for it. For Rayman? No, for, for the actual PlayStation. Oh, right, okay. And then he was like, oh, Rayman, that's a platformer. You can play that. Scratched the hell out of it because I didn't know how discs work because I was only cartridges before then. <laughs> you trying to like, slide them in like a piece of toast. I was just, it's not working, Dad. When I'd finish it, I'd just open it and just kind of like manually stop it. And then... <gasps> so what we... You monster! We, we did a naughty thing. Oh, no. We rented Rayman from the video shop and did the disc swap. And <sighs> Yeah. I learnt my lesson then. It's, was this a blockbuster by any chance? It wasn't. It was an independent. Which oh, is my, it's even worse. No wonder they shut down. It's Jackin's fault. It was all my fault. Jackin's shut down the independent rental shops. You monster. I know. Good game, though, Ray. Very good game. Very, very good game. So what was happening in the wrestling world this week, Jackins? Well, I read a report from Uncle Dave in the Wrestling Observer oh, newsletter. Love Uncle Dave. So... According to Dave, the UWFI and NJPW invasion was hotting up, which was the one Bischoff made notes of and went, ah, New World Order, we'll just rip this off. It's a, true. It's true. A few In interviews, he has said, like, this is what inspired him to do basically an in-house, in-promotional war, and it would change the tide yeah. of wrestling, uh, the wrestling landscape, change the shape of it for a long time to come. It's what got me back into it. I was yeah. just like, I was a Hulkamaniac when I was very little. So seeing Hulk in the in the black and white, I was like, ooh, <laughs> let's have a bit of this. That's quite tasty. So also this week, uh, Jesse Ventura beat Titan Sports in court uh, over outstanding royalties. The WWF were slated to pay the body $809,000 plus interest and court costs. And as of writing, Titan had one final chance to appeal. Now, it's very rare that Titan lose in court. Very rare. Like, they're known now just to be very belligerent with their court proceedings. It's like, we will throw all the money at you to stop you from winning. And this would lead to something that would lead to to incredible pettiness. I I don't know whether it was pettiness or whether it was something that came from the case, because... It was a long time. I remember it was on the Ric Flair DVD I had where all of Jerry Ven- Jesse Ventura's commentary was removed. So you just had Tony Schiavone just doing like random little non sequiturs <laughs> throughout like the match with like big three minute gaps in the middle. It was yeah. very strange. He's uh, one, one of my favorites of all time. It was my childhood. It was, it was Jesse and Gorilla. Mm. And yeah, he... he, he Ended up beating them, didn't he? Eventually. It's saying here that they've got the last one. I'm pretty sure he beat them. Well, we can find out next week. We I'm sure actually, the Observer yeah. will tell us next week how that's working out uh, for them. Uh, Big Jim Helwig spat out his dummy, cancelled some dates to the end of September because he allegedly had only just found out about the Renegade in WCW. The Renegade who had debuted in March. That was ages ago. Yeah. So we just found out and gone, nah, not having this. What? Yeah, and just... Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, the Renegade stuff, we, we only briefly touched on it because we weren't doing the Nitro one, and I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about him, uh, Sam and I, on a Monday. But, like, I love the the, the sheer audacity <laughs> of the debut of the Renegade in WCW. In the smoke. Just sit there in the smoke, <laughs> talking about the ultimate surprise, brother, 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 Hulk Hogan, bigs him up, and it's just like, oh, it's... Oh, somebody bought the Ultimate Warrior on Wish. Yeah. And... <laughs> That's what we've got. But it was the fact that at the beginning, I'm sure he got a win over Arn Anderson at one point. He, he had a title run. Beat Arn Anderson. He beat Steve Austin. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like he, he, they, they shot him to the moon. Yeah. Because they didn't want to pay the money for the Warrior. No, of course. Not. So, so what's Jim Helwig gonna do? Do we know? Is no. there a lawsuit coming? He's just very angry. He's just very angry. It was the 
promoter he was working with for these September shows mm. was an old friend of his who allegedly put the call into WCW saying, we've got this guy who looks a bit like Warrior, bring him in. Uh, and he was just like, nah, not not having any of this. And yeah. No way, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, in other news, on September the 10th, All Japan had a 16,300 sellout in the Budokan, <laughs> headlined by Mitsuhara Misawa defeating Akira Tawe and for the Triple Crown. On the same night, WWF ran a house show in Jacksonville, which featured the Blue Brothers defeating the Bush Brothers. <laughs> so, I love that at this point where the WWE ro- WWF roster is wather thin, they are still adamant to run like multiple touring troops. It's, oh. it's just it's hilarious, like how how sad and thin this roster is right now. It's in, I'd say it's anemic this roster, <laughs> and they're still doing two touring groups. The Blue Brothers. <laughs> Just, you'd be livid if you went to. Like, we're just, we're, like, the day we're recording this, it's the day after the WWE house show, the, the sorry, they don't call them house shows, the live event uh, at, in Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, hence why I might be a bit hungover. Um, did a lot of drinking yeah. last night. I did a lot. I said, a lot, I said hello to lots of nice people who, yeah. who like Cotaholic, um, but did a lot of drinking. But. The roster at the moment with WWE, even even though there's been a, a massive amount of releases, is still strong oh. enough to have shows in multiple continents yeah. and still be, like, fine. Yeah, but at this strong. point, no. You could barely put together Raw, <laughs> let alone two out-touring house shows. But it's money. They, they need it. Yeah. This is, but this is, WWE have got now what they always wanted, which is where WWE is the draw. You don't like they they're not in the market for making stars anymore. No. They they're now just about like put WWE on the banner and we can just interchange anybody. They were kind of doing that at this point but there just wasn't the wasn't the the numbers. Well, I, yeah, I, I I think the first time I became aware of that was Ruthless Aggression era when they started putting the wrestlers names on the poster. So it'd be a big thing of Batista mm. for no way out and just say Batista trademark and you'd be like <laughs> all right, they don't care about the wrestlers, they just want you to be WWE's the draw. Yeah. Don't worry about anything else. That's the name, and whoever's there, it'll be fine. Yes. But nice crowd for, for uh, Budokan Hall for the Triple Crown. Yeah. I like the Triple Crown as a belt, by it's, the way. It's cool. Beautiful, isn't it? It's cool. I'm, I, I'm not a, like a... Belt like fan. No, or a belt wanker. It's just the big gold belt is the best belt. Let's let's get that out of the oh, way. Oh, that's, that's a good shout, that yeah. is. I, think what the, I think for me, you're wrong. Um, for me, um, it's it's the weirdly titled Winged Eagle. Like, as opposed to what? The Un- eagle. Unwinged Eagle. <laughs> what would an unwe- unwinged eagle be? A shrew? <laughs> What's an unwinged oh. eagle? Be some kind of, like, yeah, giant feral rat with a beak. Yeah. The, the legged spider. Ooh. Like, what? why is it called the Winged Eagle? Yeah. Because all, all eagles have wings. It's the toenailed tiger. Um, but <laughs> it's that's the best one, though. Big gold belt's probably... Eh, maybe second or third. I always liked the, the Attitude Era Winged Eagle, the Triple H belt, I call it, which was like... Yeah, big. he looked good with that yeah. belt. It suited him. You yeah. know, the, 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 some of the rates, buy rates at that point maybe said otherwise. Yeah. But... I've, Aesthetically, yeah, it suited him. Well, one last one before we get going. Oh, when go you then. when you think of the winged eagle, yes, who's the first person that pops into your mind? Uh, Steve Austin or The Rock? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Shawn Michaels. Nah, I think either Steve Austin or The Rock. Yeah, I prefer. I like. I know Austin had his own version of. He had the smoking skull belt, mm-hmm. but heel Austin had the winged eagle, and I just think he looked cool with it. Yeah, I like the fact he dragged it 
Yeah. Like and and during like the you know, he was one of the brightest stars of the Alliance era coming soon on the classic SmackDown review. We're about four months away from that. Um but he's um that's gonna be a joy. <laughs> Deep joy. Um but he's but like he just looked cool with it. Yeah. Always looked cool with it. There's a really good picture. There's, they, they did a they did a photo album to WWE of the wrestlers holding vintage titles. That was a good bit of belt porn that mm. day where they did that. Where and then one of them was Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, holding the winged eagle belt. And I was like, oh, that looks good. Yeah. That'd have been a good thing. I remember Rusev with the European title as well. Yeah. Ooh, bring it back. Oh, don't, don't. I'm desperate for the European title to come back. Yeah. That needs to be a thing. That yeah. needs to be a thing. Is that all the news that is the news of the wrestling world? Or is there That's, a bit more? No. Oh, we got it. Hayabusa defeated Mike Orsman FMW and ECW did nothing. So <laughs> was that the same night that uh, the Eli brought the Eli's no, and uh, that was... the Blue Brothers and the Bushwhackers headlined? No, it wasn't. ECW aren't running anything until September 15th. I'm sure that Hayabusa and Sabu. I know Sabu is on was on Nitro this week. Mm-hmm. In, in this time frame as well. So, because Sabu is one of the sort of new initiative guys for WCW. Ooh, yeah. So, he's, he'll be featured fairly often on the other channel, but we're not on the other channel. We're not. Uh, we are on Monday Night Raw. So, here we go. So, this is part of a block of tapings that we're still burning through. Um, I believe these are tapings from like August, aren't they? August 28th, according to my notes. Yeah, so it's just a lot. So we're WWF are on the back foot of the debut of Nitro. Mm. Uh, there was a bit of a there was a genuine belief that this would be trouble. Lex Luger turning up was a shock to everybody's system. There was a lot of anger backstage from Vince McMahon, thinking like he wasn't locked in, but surely he should have shown loyalty to the company, and this would pretty much stop them ever working with Lex Luger ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Lex for the Hall of Fame. I've been saying this for a while. I think uh, there's uh, there's people in the Hall of Fame that have done a lot worse. Yeah. You know, and, and the fact that everybody's pretty much been hired by WWE, who was part of the Monday Night Wars now, like, we can Jeff figure. Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's there, and he was double G, double O, double N, double E. Gone. Goonie. <laughs> as Vince McMahon <laughs> said on that episode of Raw. So surely, and, and, and I think if we're going to induct Lex into the Hall of Fame, we, we drive him in on the Lex Express. Yeah. Like, I think WWE could have some fun with that. As much as we've balked at the Lex Express stuff, Justin and I, over the last couple of years, <laughs> I kind of want to... I kind of want to see him arrive at the Hall of Fame on the Lex Express. Oh, it'd be it'd be beautiful. It'd just be gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, Raw premiering. Not only is this the first one against Nitro, but it's the first time here in the UK. It premieres on Sky Sports. Mm. So historically, WWF has been on Sky One. And with the launch of Sky Sports 2, they've now got room for more sporting endeavor. Mm. So they've bumped Raw onto Sky Sports. I believe they're of, even to this day... Well, I say to this day, Sky One's shut now. They've stopped Sky One. Sky One's gone, yeah, and WWE's on BT now, isn't it? It is on BT yeah. Sport now. Leave the memories alone. But uh, it was on Sky Sports, and it kind of you know, made it seem somewhat more legit. Mm. Uh, also, for a little Sky Sports factor, I know you're a football man. Uh, if you, hence, if you're watching on the Patreon, you'll see the Liverpool crest there. Look at yeah. that. Never walk alone. Never walk alone. <laughs> you can have one a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you watch me get three in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, the we, this was the month before this on Sky Sports. Soccer AM made its debut. Um, you found a Soccer AM? Watched bits and bobs. Tim Lovejoy just bits kind of half-heartedly, half-wittedly talking for two decades. Yeah, pretty much. He doesn't do it anymore, though. He's moved on to I used to, like, yeah, other it was things. A Saturday Kitchen with Tim Lovejoy. That's it, yeah. That was a guilty pleasure when I was about 17. He, like, the thing is with Tim Lovejoy, 
no disrespect to Tim Lovejoy, but I don't know how he's done it. Like, <laughs> no disrespect. But I don't get it. I don't no get dis- it. No disrespect, but his career's a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect to Tim Lovejoy, but mate, how? <laughs> it's like with James Corden. Like, I don't want to mm. know what James Corden did. I want to speak to James Corden's agent. Oh. I want James Corden's booking agent. Yeah. That's who I want. I want Tim Lovejoy's booking agent as well. I always felt the same about Rita Ora. Rita Ora turned up yeah. and her PR team were just like, it's Rita Ora. And everyone went, oh, yeah, so it is. <laughs> That's and amazing, that it. isn't it? Yeah. She just sort of appeared and it was like, everyone gets behind her then. Yeah. Hey. hey. Uh, the Wanted were like that. Um, but The Wanted yeah. were, were a band made by Global Radio. So, which owned Heart and Capital. So, it's a kind of weird conversation about owning the means of production mm. when the radio station company builds a band and goes, oh, we're going to play their songs all the time because they're great and we're going to have our own chart show and they're going to be in the charts. Ooh. And then when Global shut down their music, their, their, their record label, the wonder just vanished. <laughs> Weirdly, I'm sure. Did they come back recently? They're making a comeback. Good for them. I remember one of them was really old. Well, in comparison to the others, I think there was four, and one was like pushing thirty, when the others were like twenty-one. Nathan Sykes was the standout. There he goes. I love the chap. (laughs) I don't know if he was the older one. I did got. And here's the thing: I got to meet him. We did. I did an interview with him on my old job. Like he was doing a signing at HMV, and they went, "He's in Newcastle. We're going to get him in because Global Station. Yeah, bring him in. Bring him in. Lovely guy. Like." Bit bland. He's all right though. He's all right. I find I find pop stars quite safe. Yeah. Modern day era. Like yeah. I want you know I want someone to come and say something controversial, but they're all very safe. Yeah. They're all very safe. They're not like doing anything wild. I've been to Jess Glynn and I thought she was very just she had nothing yeah. really to say. Like I wanted to throw a TV out the window. <laughs> crack, crack on with it. But yeah, Tim Lovejoy, I don't get it. But he was on telly in this year, so more power to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we open uh, with a big video package hyping up. Now this is, I feel like Vince has, this, this is a show that's been in the can for a while, but I feel like Vince has gone back in and gone, right, now that that show's on, we need to make this look big. They push throughout this week's episode the the fall season. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the fall season, the new fall season. I don't know whether that's like a TV thing, like, is it similar to sweep season in America where, like, shows can get renewed? And there's stuff after Labor Day, and is that when it's it's pilot season? Possibly, but either way, it kind of feels like WWF are going for, like, a, a bright, bold new start. Yeah. We even get a new WWF intro. Because for a while now, we've had what we've called like the interstellar one, which is the WF logo in the stars with things with like star beam shooting at it. And this is the first time we get the WWF logo. It raises from the ground and turns around for over 50 <laughs> years. The revolutionary force in sports entertainment. What is your favorite raw opening, Jackkins? Oh, it's well, to the surprise of no one, it's thorn in your eye. It's the nice. era. It's still, I, I was watching, someone had mashed up loads of Simpsons clips to it recently of, you know, Bart shaking up the can and it exploding. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's still it's still one of the best ones. So yeah. are you telling me that the theme tune that we have for this week's episode, for the brand new fall season episode of Raw, isn't it, on your top 10? It didn't get me pumped. This was weird. I I didn't even know this was a thing no, no, until I. I watched it for the first time. So, um it's a Jim Johnson joint uh, for this new Raw theme tune. It's kind of like a country 
Yeah, it's, song. It sounds like it should have been by Jeff Healy and Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah. but and and it, and it ends with the lyrics on like I like it raw. Well, it's, <laughs> is it the raw? Is it the lyrics I like it raw at ooh, the end? Yeah, I've got ooh, ooh I like it raw. <laughs> That's the only notes that Jackkins has made. He's just got a big piece of paper that just says, ooh, I like it raw. Yeah. <laughs> so good luck, everybody. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, right? So this song wasn't released. It escaped. Um, and the video they use doesn't match this, this, the style of the song. It's, it's sort of pre-attitude era because this new title video has got police cars and a burnt out warehouse, Shawn Michaels dropping his trousers on the roof a bit. It's, it just doesn't match the song at all. Well, most of the footage was reused for the DX intro, wasn't it? All the people going into the it mesh. Was. And, yeah. they, I mean, they had to because um, <laughs> it cost, this, was, uh, this was a costly night of, of filming. So this, this shiny new intro, this comes from the Observer. Uh, the new raw opening taped on the roof of Titan Towers uh, was taped on the roof of Titan Towers on the 7th of September between 7 and 10.15 p.m. It cost $200,000 for four minutes of footage. Many people living in the area called police complaining about the searchlights and helicopters. <laughs> the Federal Aviation Administration also received complaints. A second day story had police saying the event was perfectly legal and that Titan had filled out all the necessary paperwork for everything it did. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the police chief of the area, Hi McManus. His name can't be Hi McManus. Maybe Hugh, I don't know. He said the event attracted a lot of attention but was not a serious police problem. Mm. What they should have done is what Nitro did, which they had a little set yes. built. As opposed to Vince, who just went, I want a real building! Burn ours to the ground! The bit that I noticed as well, the insinuate the Shawn Michaels leaps off of a roof to body splash. Karma. But yes. when he's making the run up, he's got his leather chaps on and the hat. And then when he's in midair, he's in his wrestling gear. Oh, maybe yeah. he fell off. So he's just gone. <laughs> he was very quick at getting the kill. Yeah, he was good, wasn't he? <laughs> he was good yeah. like that. Did we like the new opening, though? What did you think of the music? What did you think of the video? <laughs> the music was fine. Oh, you're very, you're very kind. It was fine. It, it, it's like how I feel about modern wrestling, though, because they're using like the, the high energy pop and stuff like that. And... There's a time and a place for it. Some of the best music ever is pop music. But mm. when you're watching wrestling, I want metal. I want something hard. I want something that's going to make me go like, oh, yeah. hit him in the face. Historically, I, we've always liked like angry rock and metal cause yeah. with wrestling, haven't we? Exactly, yeah. But the zeitgeist at the moment is kind of like R&B and hip-hop. So yeah. you le they're leaning more towards that, aren't they? It, it makes Very sense. Zeitgeist a business sense, but... We don't like it. No, it's chalk and cheese. Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler are green screened in front of a lively crowd as they run down the show. They're really pushing this new full season thing and they're keen to make the show feel as big as possible. And for the first time, it's because as we said, for the first time, they're up against another wrestling show. And yeah. I feel there's an extra energy to Vince. I wouldn't be surprised. I've not read anything that says this, but I would not be surprised if a lot of this Vince redid. Like, oh, aware yeah. that there was something else happening up the road. So we've got to really make this show sound like a big deal. It'd be typical, Vince. Be like, I'm not acknowledging this competition. I'm not worried, but I'm going to spend seven hours in the booth re-recording everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got tonight Shawn Michaels versus Sid, the newly healed British Bulldog and Razor Ramon. And Vince McMahon promises the new full season. We'll see Monday Night Raw throw out the first pitch with a twin ball that even Cal Ripkin Jr. might call in sick to watch. 
Cool. Opening match, Razor Ramon and British Bulldog. So this is our newly healed British Bulldog. He's had a heel haircut, mm. Jackins. Last time we saw him on Raw, he had long hair and he'd come out to save Diesel. Or had he? No, beat him up. Yeah, well, you just can't trust them, can you? Can't trust them. Dirty boy. Can't trust them. <laughs> dirty British people. Um, I like the haircut. I think he needs more heelish music. Yeah, well, I've, you hear real Britannia... Forget the connotations with Britain. Mm. It's happy, it's triumphant, it's violins, it's, oh, come on, you oh, mm. put yourself up by the bootstraps and just get on with it. It doesn't say, I'm going to punch you in the back of the neck when you're not looking. <laughs> it just... It needs, um, like, I think you can turn that into heelish music. I think you can. Mm. You remix it. Maybe even just in the minor key. Like, just do something that makes it feel a bit more like you're, yeah. a, you're a wronger now. Yeah. I mean, having a haircut and hanging out with Jim Cornette is very much like that, but... Um, I, I like I like the bulldog. I like bulldog's look here. I like him as a heel. I think it works mm -hmm. uh, in this match. Dominant streak by bulldog with about a hundred slams on Razor. His yeah. whole thing is just keep slamming him. Uh, ref gets knocked down as Ramon gets on the offense. He lands a razor's edge, but the ref's not there. Dean Douglas runs in. One, two, three. Kid tries to get involved. He gets knocked out of there. He comes back to make another save. He ends up jumping off the top rope, aiming for Bulldog, who had hit a running power slam. Bulldog moves, so he's, he batters Razor instead. Bell sounds. The whole match is flipping, thrown out. Yeah. Bulldog and Cornette are beating down Ramon and the kid uh, in our first segment. It's not gone well for the good guys. What did we make of it, Jack? Kid? <laughs> I've got a, a four-word sentence here. Waltman looked absolutely shy. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. I, I've... Never understood the same Max Pock. He have always been a fan, but he looked terrible here. How do you mean? Well, but people just were always like, oh, Max Pock go away whenever he's on screen, when he was mm. in the NWO and all that. I've always been a fan. But here he runs in, he does nothing, he gets battered, <laughs> even Jim Cornette's stamping on him. <laughs> the match itself, the thing that stood out to me, there's two things. Um, Jerry Lawler would not shut up going on about Dean Douglas. Yeah, they he hammered that. They, they, they played a little clip of Ramon and Douglas's um, uh, altercation at SummerSlam ahead mm. of this. So they're really sort of like pointing towards a Dean Douglas involvement yeah. quite heavily. But uh, there was there was one bit um, early on the match where Bulldog's doing Owen Hart-style counter-wrestling and flip-ups and that. And it's like, can you imagine Stu Hart in the dungeon teaching them that? <laughs> I'm gonna teach you how to do a flip up. Not really. I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna choke you out very slowly. <laughs> but um, I, I, I quite like this. I, I didn't yeah. mind. Uh, I was a, never much of a British bulldog kid, but it's one of those looking back and you're like, he was for a big man. Especially, he's not as big as he was here, but mm. he could go. Yeah. He could, and the speed on him, and yeah, and Razor Ramon's Razor Ramon. You know what you're getting. The two of them, yeah. If you're going up against WCW, this is the match you kick off Raw with. He's he's in good nick at this point, his Bulldog. Mm -hmm. um, he has become, in other podcasts, a bit of a figure of fun. Uh, like, <laughs> his his run in 1999 was, was something Ooh. special, where ba he kind of looked like somebody put a pepperami in a pair of jeans. <laughs> uh, it's a few times. <laughs> 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 you're picturing it, aren't you? Yeah. If you're not sure what that might look like, John! <laughs> I haven't... <laughs> I haven't explained Photoshop John to you. How old is this? <laughs> if you want... If you go on a mental flight of fancy mm. and you want it 
it brought to life. John Eiley is essentially uh, the classic review illustrator, and he'll create it in the, the, the power of Photoshop. I will. So, John, can you do a pepperami with some jeans on? <laughs> no pressure. Go on. He'll do it. He'll do it. He's the king. He's the king. Um, but yeah, he's a bit of a figure of fun, his bulldog. In previous episodes of the classic Raw Review, as a baby face, he's been given the microphone. Oh. And, God, he's, he just struggles with, like, tone and um, diction. Yes. <laughs> you know, key things. When... It's, it's the thing that always gets forgotten about the Shockmaster, when before mm. he's going, Sting is cooking. The British Bulldog <laughs> is cooking. We're cooking. And then... Luckily, Shockmaster comes through the wall and everyone forgets about the yeah. terrible promo he's just cut. Although, Bulldog does still make it his own because as soon as he comes to the wall, you can hear Bulldog go, he fell on his fucking ass! <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Bulldog just manages to, to make it real. Bulldog's speaking has never been his forte, no. which is which is a shame. <laughs> but that's why Jim Cornette is there. Jim yeah. Cornette can do that. You know, let's let's not make Bulldog do promos. No, definitely not. Um, because if you just let him wrestle and let him just be there and be big, uh, you've got a star on your hands. And as you say, when you're up against a new rival, yeah, I mean, we can think like let's think about like what they're counter programming this with. So on the other side, we've got Sabu versus Alex Wright at this point. I'd rather watch that. Mm. On paper, it was probably a botch fest, but it was a quicker match. Like yeah. it was about five, it was about seven or eight minutes compared to this, which goes, I believe, it goes through a commercial break. Mm. So this this runs a while. But this is always the thing when you're when you're you're, you're cooking with cold cuts or leftovers. Is oh, that yeah. you're just sort of you're padding it, you're stretching it, and you're making it fit into forty six minutes. Uh, we'll see how this goes. So we've had a beatdown from. The Razor Ramon one to three kid have been beaten down, and this friendship of theirs is tested, and it has been tested for a couple of weeks. So uh, we we come back from the break where one to three kid and Razor Ramon are at loggerheads. Vince McMahon has stepped between them. Kid is sick of Razor Ramon treating him like a kid. He challenges Ramon to a match next week. Vince is trying to play peacekeeper, saying like, "This is down to Dean Douglas, <laughs> who ran in earlier in his lovely tie. This is down to Dean, not you. You guys have." friends you've had each other's backs kids not having it he wants a match next week and ramon tells mcmang mcmang <laughs> i like he calls him mcmang says anything could happen in the wwf get the line yeah and he's gonna make the one two three kid famous again next week we're getting kid and ramon next week the thing i felt sorry for razor ramon here because he was talking about the ladder match he had a summer slam mm. and he says it's um a match we talk about forever forever but we only ever mention it by saying Oh, yeah, HBK and Razor Ramon had a second ladder match, didn't they? <laughs> that was a weird ladder match because at this point, WWF are going through a phase, and they still are, where like they're very anti-weapons and shenanigans. Mm. So they kind of went, okay, you can have a ladder match, but can you not use the ladder as a weapon? Mm. Like, okay. And you can... you can they What they've still put together is is an excellent ladder oh, of match. of course, yeah. Um, with a hilarious finish where Shawn Michaels has a paddy in the ring. Uh, we covered it on our watch along of SummerSlam where like Sean was basically meant to leap up and pull the belt down, but he misses it twice. <laughs> and on the second time he misses it, he just has a strop. He kicks the ladder. He's stomping around the ring. He genuinely looks cross. You mean noted professional Sean Michaels? <laughs> noted, noted, noted professional Sean Michaels has a meltdown in the ring. After that, that's very unlike him. I know. Oh. I know. Um, we are leading to something with one, two, three kid and raise our own that, I mean, it's not the, it's not a great look for a comfort for WWF. No. Um, 
We, we will we can we can talk about that as we get closer to it. Yeah. It's quite a journey. Um, okay, we get a promo next, and we we've started this thing now with with WWF where they are. God, um, this is like if if you bought your dad a book on how to be cool, like uh, like <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the motorbike guide people books you know those books that you get like a car manual haynes manual yeah. like a haynes manual for being cool it's like i think that's what they've done because there's so much slang mainly from todd pettingill throughout this who looks painfully white he is the whitest man like he is transparent in some cases yeah. if he took his shirt off you'd see his heartbeat <laughs> um and there's a promo here for next week. We're getting Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus Men on a Mission. So Owen Hart's in that. So that's good. Um, God, that's I, I just I'm, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, I've got an idea. <laughs> got an idea. I think Owen's. I hope Owen takes his working boots. He might need them. Um, when when out of the four, your best. When you look at that match, yeah. For next week, Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus Mabel and Mo. Yeah. And in your head, you're going. Ooh, I hope we get a lot of Owen Hart versus Mo. Like, yeah. that's the best we can hope for next week. It's like losing a £10 note and finding a quid. <laughs> You're just like, oh, it's, uh, I mean, it could have been worse. So the promo features Todd Pettingill voiceover. Yeah. And they decide, in their infinite wisdom, to make it rhyme. Like he's rapping. Oh. Todd says the following. They are the champions, referring to Owen Hart and Yokozuna. And they have a king, referring to Mo and Mabel. They're mean and nasty, Owen Hart and Yoko. And they're cool in the ring, Mabel and Mo. So I've just, I've, I've, I've lost a, a year. Um, <laughs> so why are these two teams both scheduled to meet? Because... <laughs> Because our fan-friendly prayers thought it would be neat. Now, God, I just like every like any body part that I've got that can curl is curling. Like reading that and watching that, there is. Don't try and be cool, God. I will say this for Todd: he's a better rapper than Oscar. <laughs> Yeah! 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 You got any lyrics, Oscar? No! Yeah! 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 Um, just the, the weirdest bit of this review, though, did, when um, Todd mentions Gorilla, if I've, if you were about to mention that, I'm sorry for stepping on your No, toes. no, no, please do. He, he mentions Gorilla Monsoon, and it shows just a split-second clip of Gorilla going, I'm going to be making some treasure! And... What's he do? He says, I'm going to be making some changes, but they've clearly sped him up because he was never a fast man. No. So I'm going to be making some changes. <laughs> I was like, this is just from Todd rapping. Mabel and Mo are cool. Oh, it was very bizarre. This is a point in the WWF when they, where Nitro, okay, whether or not you like the show or not, and, and I must admit, after watching it with Sam, I'm very much on the fence with it. <laughs> but say, our second one, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um... <laughs> This is like they are, but but regardless of that, and it feels painfully white to say it, they are cool. Like there's a coolness to Nitro. Mm. There's an effortless coolness to Nitro. Whereas WWF sees this and goes, "In Vince's, Vince has to, Vince has a certain way." I think Vince wrote that rap, yeah. uh, or oh, rap rhyme structure. Um, 
Vince has gone, we need to be cool, damn it. Yeah. I will do us some cool things. And you kind of go, don't. <laughs> Jackins turns his hat around and does the yeah. what up stance. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because Vince is leading the cool charge. Mm. I think that's where a lot of this is going to fall down. I wouldn't be against WWF not trying to be cool. Yeah. They, but they're going to try. It's... Because it's the 90s. The only time the WWF's ever been cool is when they've not tried to be cool. Exactly. Exactly. When you have to tell people how cool you are, you're not cool. Exactly, yeah. When you have to tell people you're a people person, you're probably not a people person. <laughs> um, so that's next week, anyway. That's, mm. a, that's, a, that's a joy. That's something to look forward to next week. Owen Hart and Yokozuna versus Men on a Mission next week. Meanwhile, this week... Uh, tag team action next. Smoking Guns versus the the dynamic duo of the Brooklyn Brawler and Rad Radford making, mm. I believe, his Raw debut. This is outside of his work in ECW and when he tittered around of the NWO. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen Rad Radford in WWF. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. What do you make of him? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's he, he, came, he came to WWF. There was a lot of love for him uh, after... When Worlds Collide, yes, uh, from the AAA show where he was there as Madonna's boyfriend, Madonna's boyfriend, yeah, and part of the team with Eddie Conan Artbar, yeah. like he's in good company there, and he's a decent hand, yeah, he's a decent hand, and a lot of people wanted to work with him, and it just happened that WWF made him an offer, and of course WWF just can't let him be Madonna's boyfriend. No, they have to make, hey, we've got this character for you, put this grungy outfit on. He's Rad Radford now, according to Wiki. And this may, the, the, the bones, the, the meat may go onto the bones as weeks go on. But in WWF, he's being touted as Courtney Love's boyfriend, apparently. Oh. Like the grunge man who's Courtney, like, I, I didn't hear them mention that on commentary on this particular mm. one. But apparently, but again, we may have some meat on the bone mm. as the weeks go on. Um, one move in this match the I was very excited to see, right? Early in the match, uh, Bart Lowbridge is a double clothesline. And then he gets to the ropes, and as he bounces off the ropes, he holds onto the top rope and pulls it down. And Billy Gunn just springs over the top <laughs> like Free Willy, just launches himself over Bar and crashes into Radford and Brawler. I loved that bit. Yeah, that was great. I looked cool as hell. Billy Gunn's even here when he was. That was cool. When Billy Gunn, like at this point in his career, he's not the most well-rounded, but he's always been. He's always had that natural. Athleticism about him. Yeah, there's a yeah. You could tell he he's very much the star at this point. Oh yeah. With the greatest respect to Bart Gunn, Billy is the star at this point. Mm. That was the best move of this whole match. Uh, Radford and Brawler get a few licks in, but eventually Brawler falls victim to Sidewinder. Done. Yeah. Big win for the Guns. What do we make of of this of this hot little treat? <laughs> I couldn't take my eyes off Billy Gunn's mullet. <laughs> it's <laughs> a gorgeous mullet, isn't it? Well, usually I'm sure he has it a bit wet or a bit in shape. He'd backcone this. It was just flying everywhere. He looked... Yeah, I, got, I was distracted by his hair. We're um, in a stunning time for mullets. Yeah. Would you think 1995, you'd assume the mullets are dead, but apparently not in the WWF. They're hanging no. on in there. No. The mullets hang on in there. Um, smoking Guns have always been one of those teams sort of on the periphery at the top of the tag division. They're always sort of mm. sniffing around. And even though uh, you know the tag titles at the moment are going to be put into a main event picture, they're still very much around yeah. there, I think. 
Gold Dust vignette up next, and this it was. We haven't seen Gold Dust make his in-ring debut yet. We're still seeing these wonderful vignettes uh, of him with Hollywood backdrops, talking about horrible things he's going to do to the WWF stars. And I really like this Gold Dust look. Yeah, I've, I've, I loved this. It's good in it. It felt like Twin Peaks. It felt creepier than what Gold Dust would become. Yeah, the the hat. I liked all this. Liked so I did. So Goldust is in a gold suit, complete yeah. with gold bow tie, gold suit jacket, and gold top hat. Mm. I liked it. Yeah. I think go hard or go home. All gold. <laughs> <laughs> all gold, everything. Exactly. Goldust in this discusses the evil dark ghouls known as the creatures of the night that walk the earth hypnotically. We'll talk about one creature of the night that you saw, Jackins, in a minute. Mm. Um, he <laughs> says, gold doesn't shed darkness, it o- only light. He's going to end the darkness in the WWF. He's basically gunning for Undertaker at this point. And also in the background of this, underneath it, as a music bed, we hear an early, longer, creepier version of Goldust theme tune. Yeah, yeah. Which I really liked. I, the only thing about this, I had to rewind it. Because when he said, gold sheds no darkness, gold only sheds light. I thought he said shit. <laughs> gold <laughs> gold shits no darkness. And I was like, oh. gold only shits light. <laughs> I was thinking, Hollywood starlet, colonic irrigation, it all, it all fits the character. But... So the next vignette would be Goldust <laughs> having a colonic. Yeah. While saying, I'm going to beat you up, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> That's a strong... John! Don't do that one, no, John. No. That one's fine. But this is... So we're still sort of piecing this together. The Goldust character has come along and shocked a lot of people. Mm. Like, Davey Meltzer was talking about how Dustin Runnels was coming in. He was going to be doing a cowboy gimmick. Dave said he even heard, like, a Hollywood-style cowboy gimmick. Didn't... It, no one was expecting this. No. Everybody was... And a lot of people still think, at this point, this is a rib. This is Dusty's boy. Like, like, and there's a lot of frustration within some locker rooms. Like, you're bringing in the son of Dusty Rhodes and you're giving him yeah. this shit. Like, it's... We we see, like, now, like, wrestlers come in and get weird gimmicks. I think the, the sort of a modern version of, like, how, like, when you've got something that is so easy to run with, but you choose to go, like, the by-road. Yes. For example, NXT 2.0, uh, we have the debut of Braun Breaker. That, that was a, a heavy expel of air from Jackins, as we mentioned, Bron Breaker. Are we not a fan of Bron Breaker? The Steiners are my favorite tag team of all time. Which is why I was intrigued on your opinion on this, because yeah. I know you love the Steiners. I love the Steiners, and I saw the look, and he sounds a bit like Scott, and the name Rex Steiner is so good. Yeah. And I watched him, and he's doing the Steiner lines, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, Bron Breaker, it's, it's like a parody of a wrestling name. Yeah. yeah, it's th- it's funny because the, the the commentators we understand have been told don't mention the war, don't mention the Steiners, <laughs> don't don't connect Bron Breaker to the Steiners in any way. Cut to the arena where sirens are going off. <laughs> he comes out dressed like Scott Steiner, pumping his arms, <laughs> doing Steiner lines. He looks like Rick and Scott mashed together. Yeah. Don't mention the Steiners, but it's like you've dressed him as the Steiners. <laughs> I like him though. I think yeah, he's he's the reason why I think. I know as as much as we have serious reservations about it, I think NXT 2.0 is going to be all right. Yeah. Because now that Vince is guiding it, the guys that get called up are pretty much going to be ready to go because it's Vince's vision all the way through. Bron Breaker, 
in a year's time will go to Raw and SmackDown, and I don't think he will be buried. I think Bron Breaker, because he's been guided, will just kill it on Raw and SmackDown. He'll probably become a, a top guy in about four years' time. Just imagine people bouncing off him. It's going to mm. be... Get him a bit more seasoned in the ring, but from initial... From what I've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. But... Again, like they don't go with the the no. easy heritage there. They've gone with something round the round the houses, which is why I'm going round the houses, mentioning gold dust here, because they've not gone with let's play on the 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 legacy of the Rhodes family. No, 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 we're not going to do that. You're going to be an androgynous Hollywood person. When was Dustin last in the Fed? Was it ninety two? It was ninety. It was ninety one, I think. It was the, his his run in the Fed was very short, and he just teamed with his dad mm. for a match against Ted DiBiase and Virgil. But so there's not really been any sort of lineage with him there. So they can just start afresh with him and nobody will really notice. Yeah. Um, but obviously history will, will will put us right on this and it turned out to be one of his his greatest gimmicks and, and he would make it work. But at this point, it's interesting how so many people are going like, what are they doing? What are they thinking? This is, but I really like these. No, I, I like it. It's, it's genuinely creepy. Yeah. It's genuinely creepy. Bring that, bring that noise. Raw is sponsored this week by Levi's and Skittles. <laughs> Levi's who make lots of shirts and lots of jeans, according to Vince McMahon. <laughs> what a weird, what a weird line. Like, <laughs> it's almost like he went, have you got any, I've uh, got a tagline for us. Uh, oh, no, just, just say we make a lot of shirts and a lot of jeans. All right, a lot of shirts and a lot of jeans. That's American Institution Levi's that's been around for about 70 years at this point that everyone wears. And Vince McMahon, it's like he's just heard of it for the first time. He does talk. Uh, did he call him Levi, Levi Strauss jeans? Oh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Not oh. even Levi. And then we get a Skittles nod, but it'll be many years before we get the, the most iconic raw plug featuring Skittles. Fruity, fruity, <laughs> oh, my God, they're so fruity. Oh, I think Jim Ross's finest moment. Yeah, <laughs> just like losing his mind over Skittles. I wish, I wish he'd do it more often. <laughs> Even like AEW's not sponsored by Skittles. Sod it. No. Cut to Isaac Yankum. Mm. Beautifully, beautifully moved there from Skittles to here's a man who has problems with teeth. Yeah. I like that. I don't know whether Skittles would like that, Probably the comparison not, no. made. Um, Isaac Yankum versus Scott Taylor. These two will feature in one of the highest rated segments in Raw history in less than five years from now. Which segment's that? This would be the 10-man tag on Monday Night Raw before No Way Out. It mm. was Cactus Jack, Too Cool, and Rikishi versus the Radicals yeah. and Triple H. Yeah. And it would be just an, a sensational 10-man tag. And then at the end, Kane would return and oh. just light everybody up. And it was, and it did like an 8.1 or something mad. Like when you hear like Raw scrapping to get a 1.5 and you, <laughs> you've lived through the era where like you got an 8.1, like what? Um, it's just so five years from now, less than five years from now, these two will be one of the highest rated segments. But for tonight, they are having a one-on-one -on -one match. Isaac Yankum versus Scott Tate. Yeah. Uh, um, Dave says here uh, from The Observer, reports are that Isaac Yankum looked a lot better on the road this week than at the pay-per-view, which is just, just as well. After seeing his match with Undertaker on the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show, it's almost amazing that he and Unabom are the same person. The body changed totally in three weeks, and he lost all his aggressiveness. In the Undertaker match, in no way did he look ready for the big time. Uh, so Yankum's still finding his voice as... Uh, well, uh, Glenn Jacobs, rather, yeah. finding his voice as Isaac Yankum DDS here. 
Um, the WWF magazine gets a plug. <laughs> I love, I love whenever they talk about the internet in 95. Oh, God. It just, on the SummerSlam watch along, we had transcript of Vince McMahon doing an AOL chat. Oh, and, oh it's so good. Uh, but they plug the WWF magazine, which this week features uh, the headline, Bret Hart, sharpshooting into cyberspace. <laughs> The magazine itself features an article on Bret Hart, and the 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 the, the front page of the WF magazine is is Bret Hart leaning against a computer with America Online on it, like this, like like as like as Jackins is doing there, surrounded by children. Some look bored, some look terrified, and Bret Hart is holding a floppy disk. <laughs> Like, oh, it's so 90s. I love it. <laughs> There's a whole generation that just will look at that and go, why is Bret Hart holding a real-life version of the save icon? <laughs> Isn't that weird, though, that yeah. a whole generation of, of kids don't know that, what the save icon means? But, it's not but even... what do you change it to? How you, can't, you can't. How do you update? You must. There must be. My, our brains can't comprehend the future, no. nor another save icon. No. But we have to. Because even the printer icon is like a 1995 printer. It's an old printer, yeah. isn't it? How do we update that? Because answers on Twitter. Because the weird thing is, like, you see him with, like, my nieces and nephews, they're getting into vinyl, cassette tapes are coming back. Nice. That's not going to happen with the floppy disk. No. They're not going to say, oh, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> and let's get, like, 12 megabytes on one of this. Two and a half meg, lad. So, Brent, so Bret Hart is, uh, according to the magazine, leading the Federation into the computer age. <laughs> the computer age. <laughs> I'm so happy. I presume Bret Hart just teaches kids how to use AOL chat and, and find porn, I'm, I guess. So ASL means age sex location. <laughs> can, I, can I get some listens as well? Can I headlock a computer? No, Dad. You don't like these computers. I just, I'm going to send a telegram. Dot, 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 dash, dash. Dot, 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 dot. Dash, dash, dash. Sorry, those are my children. <laughs> Matthew, Matthew reasoned that the reason Stampede Wrestling was called, called Stampede Wrestling is because that's the noise that it made in the house when, when the kids got called for dinner. <laughs> Helen doing Roko. <laughs> Helen, I've made sandwiches. Come Ross, come Keith, come Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> All down the stairs in jeans and Levi's shirts, <laughs> supplied by Vince McMahon. Oh. Oh, all in size order. <laughs> Depending on how much they would stretch. <laughs> uh, incidentally, if you'd like to own this copy of WF Magazine, there's a copy on eBay for $768. Jeez. Ooh, I thought oh. you were going to say like £7. I was about to say <laughs> 760 No. More money. If you have more money than cents, don't do that because you can go on to patreon.com slash coldaholic and pay to be on an episode of the Classic Raw Review with us. Mm. You can do that. And it's cheaper than WWF Magazine. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, Yank and Batters Taylor wins with a DDS, which is a DDT yeah. with no difference no. <laughs> to, at all. What do we make of Taylor versus Yankum? It was very basic. Yeah. The only thing I remember, there was an awkward choke slam. Uh, Yankum goes for a choke slam, but it's either Taylor doesn't jump enough or he's mid jump when he decides to just slam him and it's basically just, and it looks 
a bit rough. It's a bit ropey. Yeah. Like again, as Dave was saying, like this, like Yankum doesn't, or Glenn doesn't seem as comfortable in this particular role as he did as Unabom. Mm. And I hope he figures it out. We know he doesn't. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We get a WWF In Your House report. Uh, I'm going to read the first two lines of my notes verbatim. Uh, Todd opens with, What's up, dudes and dudettes? Fuck off, Todd. (laughs) Todd gets a dig about Mad About You moving to Sunday nights on NBC. Brackets, this was before season four. There'd be four more seasons after this. Again, fuck off, Todd. (laughs) Todd Pettingill is insufferable. Like, it's almost taught he's been told to be cooler. Yeah. And he was, he had his moments before this where he was actually a, a, a little diamond in the rough. But he has been told, obviously, just to really use all the cool language he could possibly find. What up? Unironically, unironically opening up with what's up, dudes and dudettes. <laughs> oh, God. See, Todd! I, I like Todd, but I was watching this thinking, oh, mate, you're being a prick. He is, isn't he? Yeah. He comes across as a prick. And the music sounds like it's from Toe Jam and Earl. <laughs> that I quite like. Yeah, but then you ruin it with Todd <laughs> <laughs> in his tie, thinking he's cool. Which is your favourite Toe Jam and Earl game? Because there was two. two of the sp- I know there was an Xbox one, but fuck that. Because um, you had Toe Jam and Earl 1, which was the top-down one. Mm. Where you had to go onto the islands and stuff. I might play that tonight. Um, you had to go onto the little islands and stuff and oh, walk around. Yeah. And there was um, and then there was Toe Jam and L Two Panic on Funkatron, mm. which was a two D side scrolling platforming adventure. So one I played more as a kid was Planet on Funkatron. Mm. But when I think of Toe Jam and L, I do think of Toe Jam and L One. Did you do that thing where you drop down to the lower island and go to the bottom left of the screen and you find Hawaii? No. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's, there's a little thing where you can go right. You have to get, um, I think you have to get a rubber dinghy and you have to swim to the far bottom left of the screen. I think it's the bottom left. I'm sure you'll tweet me and tell me if I'm wrong. Um, 
and there's a little island mm. which you drop down and then you land in Hawaii and there's two hula girls and there's a jacuzzi. Oh. And you can just sit there for the rest of your days. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It doesn't give you anything. Just like, I found Hawaii. Imagine, <laughs> sit in imagine being tub. in Hawaii and they're just like, oh, what's that in a dinghy? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the island. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Fucking terrifying. It's red. <laughs> oh, that's a great game, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. There, well, yeah, there was an Xbox version. Uh, yeah. mm. Modern. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give it me on a floppy disk, you bastards. Um, so Todd here is is plugging in your house, which is live on September 24th. Uh, it's going to be headlined by the first triple header match. So I like this. It's Diesel and Shawn Michaels teaming up to face Owen Hart and Yokozuna. All the titles on the line. Yep. Nice. I'm fine with it as well because... Sean and Diesel are an established tag team. My yes. number one pet peeve in all of wrestling is having two fellas who can't agree on what they're having for breakfast defeat tag team champions or the established teams. It's 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 a ridiculously common occurrence now yeah. as well, isn't it? Where it's just like, how will they get on? Yeah. Oh, how, how have they become? T- I, I am. I don't want to see for another four hundred years. I don't want to see another <laughs> odd couple tag team. No. You have burned us on those now. It's almost like it's the laziest thing to go to. Like, I think, like, it, it, when done well, it's great. Like, for example, the uh, try and think of a time where the odd couple tag team really worked. Booker T and Goldust. Amazing choice. But they went main eventers, so it was fine. Mm. It's when it's just like, which WrestleMania was it? Cena versus Michaels. My mind is terrible. 21. Or 23. 23? 23. 23. And in the lead up to it, they were tag team champions, even though they yeah. were enemies. It devalues the division. It oh, You don't need... Oh. Uh, I'll go with a more modern one. Go on. Seamus and Cesaro. Yes. They had a blistering best of five mm. that ended in a, a non-finish. And then at the time, we were a bit like, really? Because Commissioner Foley then made them a tag team mm. and said, okay, look, you guys can't, you know, you guys have proved how brilliant you are. So I'll tell you what, you'll be even better as a tag team. So now you can be a tag team. And originally they were a bit odd couple Yeah. But then they started to mesh. And then they got like outfits that somewhat matched and they became the bar. And they were just one of the best tag teams the company had for yeah. a long time. And that was that was top red Seamus, of course. There you go. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a he's a <laughs> Liverpool fan. Seamus does not walk alone because he walked with Cesaro for a bit. Um, but that that's when it works. It can work. It can. But they just do it. It's almost like a bore. Oh, we're bore. Old couple tag team. Yeah. Boring. Stop it. Stop it. But this is an example of when it's worked. Exactly. Really well. Yeah. Uh, also for in your house, we have Dean Douglas and Razor Ramon based on the shenanigans from earlier on. Mm. Dean, this is this is the height now. We're about to hit the peak of Dean Douglas in WWF. Yeah. Like, we we barely left the mountain side. We barely left the bottom of the mountain. Like, we can still... Like, the Sherpas are still with us, and we can still see the <laughs> campsite. Like, but we're already nearly at the top of the mountain, <laughs> like, for Dean Douglas. It's it's the best heel. Like, what's going to happen at this pay-per-view, if, if my timings are right, it's, it's, the, it's the best it'll get for Dean Douglas. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a turd sandwich that doesn't taste too bad. Um, you, Shane Douglas has spent the following twenty years saying "fuck the click." So yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. you know, you'll you'll find out why in a bit. Yeah. Uh, Jean Pierre Lafitte and Bret Hart are going to have themselves a fight. Yeah, Jean Pierre Lafitte stole some kids' glasses <laughs> at Superstars. God, a PCO still very much making making good in twenty twenty one. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's when PCO first came around and I'd seen the pictures of his chest. I was like, oh, that looks, after the Volta match, I was like, oh, that looks painful. I was like, mm. hang on. Is that, 
Quebec of Pierre. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's more power to him. Fair play to him. He became a Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. Like, and in, 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 he, he won the Ring of Honor champion after being jump-started from a car. Yes, he did. Yeah. Love him. Love him so much. There is, <laughs> I read somewhere that he left Ring of Honor recently. He's announced that he is going to leave when his contract is up. I'd lo- uh, he won't go WWE, but I'd love him to turn up <laughs> with the eye patch, oh, the beard. Oh, my God. AEW might have him for a little turn. They seem to be getting a lot of people at the Just moment. have him and Luther punch each other in the face. That'd be fine. Yeah, That'd be a lovely day for everybody involved. <laughs> uh, we're also getting Bam Bam Bigelow versus British Bulldog. Mm. Uh, they do a thing during the uh, Todd Pettengill in your house report where they cut back to the arena to see Sid arriving. Uh, I guess like all throughout this, they've tried to give... Uh, a very live feel to the show. Like Todd's like, oh God, I'm going to quickly run through this because Sid's on his way to the ring and he quickly plugs Savio Vega and Waylon Mercy. I'm glad you, I'm glad we came back for that, Todd. <laughs> no, Waylon, again, Waylon, another guy who's, who's reaching the top of the mountain already so soon. Like yeah. this gimmick is so good, but it is 10 years too late for, Definitely. it's 10 years, the gimmick's 10 years too early. Dan Spivey's 10 years too late. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not worked. Um, but we're getting Vega and Waylon Mercy at In Your House. Um, thoughts on Todd's report? Well, he, he ends it with the biggest lie in wrestling history. Oh, no. He goes, it's time for the main event, which the entire world is watching. <laughs> By this point, Eric Bischoff had already given away the main event. Yeah. Uh, by Eric Bischoff during the match between Sting and VK Wall Street had announced that uh, Shawn Michaels beats the big guy (laughs) with a a kick that he wouldn't win a black belt with. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, the gloves are already off and Vince is, because this is all in the can... Vince is impotent to this. Yeah. Like Vince can't do anything about this, and it's gonna, it's gonna start to rattle the cage of Vince McMahon. That's that's what I love about Bischoff, though. Just he couldn't resist saying, "Hey, do you know what? I can kick you in the throat for real." Yeah, like, every single week. Oh God, he <laughs> like, I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether Eric Bischoff's told you, but he's very good at karate. Apparently so. He just he just likes to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. God love him. <laughs> uh, Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels is our main event of the evening as Lex Luger and Hulk Hogan are getting underway on Nitro mm. um, for the biggest match in the history of our sport the main event that everyone's watching one of you is lying uh, is Sid and Shawn Michaels uh, Barry Dudinsky plugs the Shawn Michaels hat and glasses combo oh. before we s- did your thoughts on the Dud Dudinsky twat just twat it's just it's so disingenuous I know he's it's too hard of a hard sell. Hey, yeah. we've got the cool... I actually know someone who's got the... the no! Hard yeah. Get them to send a picture of them wearing it I'll, on I'll... a night out. She would. Yes! She would. Please do. Yeah. Get them... Please... Please... What's her name? Mine's gone blank. <laughs> Mine's gone blank. <laughs> Jackin's... Jackin's best friend. No. His name you've forgotten. If you have a Shawn Michaels hat, please wear it and send a picture. Megan. Sorry, Megan. 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 Sorry, Megan. Sorry, Megan. Uh, if you are sorry, Megan, <laughs> and uh, you have the Shawn... If you, in fact, if you just have the Shawn Michaels hat, uh, at Tom Campbell on Twitter, at SadKen yeah. on Twitter. Is no. it just SadKen? No. That's, it's Brat underscore Atkins. Oh, Brat underscore Atkins. Where I never talk about wrestling, so if you follow me, don't expect much wrestling. Tweet anyway. Yeah. Sweetest picture of your hat. Yeah. Brat underscore Atkins. Uh... <laughs> 
Also, the Shawn Michaels hat and glasses combo comes with a, a Lawrence Taylor poster. Yeah. Presumably in a box they found at the, yeah. at the warehouse. They went, oh, God, we didn't get rid of these. <laughs> Vince McMahon the whole time is going, oh, what else? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's Vince just like, like I just feel like Vince re-recorded all these lines after Nitro. Yeah. And he's just like, make sure everything sounds big. <laughs> big. Yeah, Vince tries too hard and it's funny. It's, oh, yeah. Shawn Michaels did a quick bit before the break uh, where he talks up the match and he winces as he walks past the ladder. That was a nice little <laughs> touch. I like that a lot. Did you get his, um, his shout out to Carol Baskin for the 2020 crowd? He said cats and kittens. <laughs> and again, Shawn, <laughs> okay, for some reason, right? And, and I actually, I know the reason. Like Todd Pettingill saying, what up dudes and dudettes makes m- m- my penis go back inside myself. <laughs> Uh, and makes my nipples fall off, uh, and <laughs> makes makes my eye bleed, um, de- varying eyes. But Shawn Michaels going, "Hey, cool cats and kittens," I'm fine with. Yeah, because that's Shawn Michaels. Yeah, like it's not it's it's not like Shawn's had the mandate to be cool like no. everybody else seems to have done. Because Shawn's just effortless with it yeah. at this point. And I like the bit where he winced when he saw the ladder. Yeah, little nod to. The ladder match. Vince calls Shawn Michaels a modern-day evil Knievel. <laughs> he got a Mr. Flamboyant, Mr. Resilient as well. Mr. Oh, did he? He just, yeah. just bigs up. Like, this is like, Shawn is, at this point, like, he's a bit insufferable behind the scenes. But he's, at this moment, whether the WWF know it or not, he's he's the best, one of the best they've got in term, for this fight that, that's yeah. on the horizon. Oh, yeah. He and a few others, they're the, they're the best thing going <laughs> Like they're still good. They're, they're adamant that Diesel's the boy, but I think Shawn Michaels is is ready to go. Yeah, and, and it's not going to be long before we we see him go. Um, Shawn lights the place up when he skins the cat and drop kicks Sid out of the ring for the break. Uh, Shawn is bouncing around for Sid. Like some some nights, Shawn can't be asked to work. Tonight, he's brought his walk. He's oh, working he definitely, boots. Definitely, yeah. Really goes for it, and uh, I feel like he's grabbing the chance to be the lead guy, the main event, the first Raw up against WCW. Mm. I feel like he's he's snatching that opportunity. In terms of in ring, like we'll touch more on this at the end. But in terms of in ring, uh, you're up against Hogan and Luger. This is in ring a superior yeah. main event. In in ring, it's superior. Um, a woman has a sign in the crowd that says Sid the chicken. <laughs> and did you see what she was holding? Holding a rubber chicken. She was holding a rubber chicken. With a woman next to her smiling and bottle feeding a newborn baby. <laughs> wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. It's the best. <laughs> oh, I was, I had to pause it. I was just staring at the screen like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> So <laughs> Live action on the <laughs> I've never seen I've never seen a woman breastfeeding uh, at a wrestling show until now. <laughs> I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but it's the first time I've seen it. Yeah, I admire the the commitment to not only uh, motherhood but also uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Yes. to go. I need. I'm I'm caring for this very young baby. I'm going to take him to WWF Raw. <laughs> it's quiet. He can sleep. Um, the the Diesel Sid feud basically the the run up to this the, the the chicken thing is Vince was desperate to get Sid across as like a coward against Diesel. Like every time, and I didn't buy it. Like every time Diesel got into the ring, get Sid. Sid would step away, and there's Vince going, "Look at Sid." Like a coward, like a chicken, doesn't want to face Diesel. And I, 
I don't think you needed to make Sid a coward. Like, Sid's an imposing figure and he's good as a heel. Like, don't make... And it's worked because you've got a woman here that's gone to the trouble of not only making a sign that says Sid the chicken, but bringing a fucking rubber chicken with her to yeah. make the point. I mean, they spent years calling him the master and ruler of the world. He's a yeah. psycho Sid. Sid Justice. And now he, oh, he's, he's a chicken. He's coward. He's scared of Diesel. Yeah. You could... No, and they had some stinking matches, so I'm just nice to see Sid having a good match. <laughs> Sid does a kip up out of a head scissors. Yeah. My head fell off. <laughs> he quickly did a really nice choke slam as well. Like this, this Sid, this is the Sid that you could build the company around, but uh, we don't quite get that. Um, Sean finishes Sid off with three super kicks. Not quite sweet chin music yet. No. We are, we're in the final stages. It just needs a name. Uh, and then Sean celebrates by stripping. Yeah. Just threatens to get his ass out. And then yeah. just went, ah, maybe no. Thoughts on the main event? It started slow. Mm. But like you said, Sean sold the arse off for Sid. Yeah. Especially after that choke slam, he made it look like he'd been in a car crash. My favorite bit, though, it was so strange. If you were to see it out of context, if you didn't know what wrestling was, or if you switched over during the advert break, they went to commercial with Sean just beating the 10 count. And when they came back, Sid had him in a front bear hug. Mm. So it, it cuts back to the back of Shawn Michaels, wiggling like this, wiggling his ass as a big man hugs him, and then cuts to Sid the chicken and the, and the baby. <laughs> Weird imagery. But, no, I like this. I mean, I will go on record and say I've never been a Shawn Michaels fan. No? He was that effective as a heel when at, at WrestleMania 9 yeah. that I always hated him. Even when he was a face, I was like... Mm -mm. He was too effective as a heel in my formative years that mm. I, I always rooted against him. But in the ring, you, you can't deny his his ability, what he could do. And like I said, Sid, it could be dragged to a good match. And this is evidence of it here. I feel like at this point, I think I said this a minute ago, I think Shawn Michaels embodies what WWF needs to be now. Yes. Not the, hey, cool, dudes, dudettes, all right, cowabunga. I swear to God, at some point, Todd's going to say cowabunga unironically, and I'm just going to, my, my, my head's going to fall off. Um, but Shawn Michaels just effortlessly embodies what they need to be now. Yeah. Because they're pushing this new generation thing. You've got Hogan and Luger on the one on the other side of the, 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 the channel. And you've got Sean and Sid here. You've got the, you know, although Bischoff's given away the result and, and played the match down, far superior match yeah. to, to what Hogan, to Hogan and Luger, like... The crowd exploded at the end as well. Mm. I apart think we're going to see a lot of this. Apart from one person. Oh, we haven't talked about it yet. No. Is this one of the creatures of the night or is this just some random goth? I think it's just a random goth because I think if it was a creature of the night, they would have cut to her earlier. Yeah. Jackins fell in love. There was just some... During this episode of Raw. Unimpressed goth on the fourth row, just sat there like this. <laughs> the entire night, didn't look arsed. The embodiment of Generation X. <laughs> At the end, everyone's exploding, and this this woman just gets like... She just disappears as everyone jumps up <laughs> around her. She wasn't getting off her ass for anyone, apart from possibly The Undertaker, if he was later in the tapings, but... Yeah. yeah. If you happen to be that goth woman, do reach out. We'd like to talk to you. <laughs> we'll get you on the show. Um, not quite done with the show yet. We get a commercial for In Your House. It's one of those commercials where all the wrestlers turn up. Mm. It's the only time somebody's that excited to see the smoking guns. <laughs> 
The smoking guns? What are you doing here? But, oh, what a roster. The smoking guns, Ray Rougeau, the, the Bushwhackers, Bushwhackers, Man Mountain Rock, and Mr. Backland. This is, this is that B House show that was headlined by, by the Blue Brothers, isn't it? Oh. It's a shame, really. He's getting all them turned up at his house. <laughs> uh, this is, of course, the Dylan's house in your house promo. They've used it a couple of times now for previous in your house. Is mm. is 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 uh, it just yeah? I like that's fine. Sean and Diesel get a chat, have a chat with Doc Hendricks, who was very nearly the the color commentator for Raw. Mm. Um, they went with Jerry Lawler in the end, but Doc Hendricks came very close to being the the, the permanent color commentator for this. But I think Vince just didn't. No, uh, change his mind on him. You, you want to talk about people trying to act cool? <laughs> he had some dark Hendrix. <laughs> <laughs> like Wolfman Jack, but on Wish. <laughs> Tesco Valley Wolfman Jack. Uh, had some dark Hendrix. If it's Michael Hayes, it's fine. But again, but again it's just like, just. Just say you got Michael Hayes backstage. That's cool. He was Freebird Michael Hayes. No, he's Doc Hendrix here. And he was he's like, Bron Breaker here. He was like, what's cool? Jimi Hendrix. He died in 1970. Yeah, yeah he's cool. What else is cool? <laughs> Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Prince is... <laughs> there was a few they tried. Uh, handsome Dark is chatting to Sean and Diesel. Yeah. Pumped for the triple header, making history at In Your House. Diesel drops a lovely line here. And again, it's all about who the words, the mouth the words come out of as to whether or not they're acceptable or not. Todd saying dudes and dudettes is not. But Diesel saying, we're not only two dudes with attitude, we are two chaps with all the straps. <laughs> I like that line. Two chaps with all the straps. Well, this is what I always think about Diesel when people rag on him for being the lowest drawer in WWF champion of all time, yet two years later he's the, the hottest act in the business. Mm-hmm. Even though this was a cheesy line fed to him, you could tell this was more of the Kevin Nash starting to come out. He's hanging with HBK, who's getting in his face off. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. to wonder why. Mm-hmm. But it was a bit more Nash coming out. He felt a bit looser. He felt a bit more, yeah, let's... Let's go with it. Let's do it. If Vince just let Nash be Nash in 1995... The, the coolest man in the history of the business. The coolest man. Yeah. In the, ima- imagine... The mo- I think it could have been a game changer. I mean, there's only... You only you know, you've, it's limited wind because the roster is wather thin. Yeah. Um, but I think having Nash just be cooler rather than sort of... Sort of uh, like, Vince tried really hard to make Diesel... Hogan-esque yeah. in the sense that Vince's formula for someone that worked was like clean cut baby face do everything for the kids uh, hey I'll, I'll support our troops I'm the best I'm a good guy I, I'm not going to cheat I'm a t-. like that worked for Hogan in the 80s and it worked for a few others. It doesn't work for Diesel. And it's the idea of saying to Vince, why don't you just let this guy be a bit of a dick? And it might be all right. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Especially now. Now it's crunch time because WWF has competition on the horizon. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So Vince is going to double down on this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever there's threat, Vince is like, okay, I'll take over more of it. <laughs> like, oh, if you did less. If only. But yeah, a cool Diesel might have been a very different story. We get a final reminder of next week's main event, Owen Hart and Yoko versus Men on a Mission, plus 1-2-3 Kid versus Ray's Ramon. They show footage of the match. Yeah. They, they don't give away who wins, but they show clips from the match, which is an interesting choice when yeah. you have kind of painstakingly tried to give the, the, a live feel yes. to Monday Night Raw, and yeah. then you go, 
next week's already in the can. I, I'm curious as to, I mean, you know, it's not... It's not like unlike a TV show to go next time on yeah, this of course, show. Of course. So it's it's it's. I wouldn't say this is a reaction to anything, but it was an interesting choice to do it. it. Yeah, it's, it'll be more interesting to see how they play it up next week. Yeah, because Vince is not going to admit that it's taped. No. But you've already shown footage of what happened, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm, off to the races we go. So that was Monday Night Raw for September the 11th. Mm. What did we make of Raw this week? Good answer. <laughs> I wasn't bored, but I wasn't entertained. There was get used to that. Yeah, it was bookended well. Mm-hmm. Just the middle was just sh- shite. Yeah, I would say that <clears throat> from a wrestling perspective, this was superior to Nitro mm. in a lot of senses because Nitro had, I mean, it had Sabu and Alex Wright, which was a nice little car crash. You had Scott Norton and Randy Savage with a run-in from the Dungeon of Doom. You had Sting and VK Wall Street, which was fine. And you had Hogan Luger with a run-in from the Dungeon of Doom. And it was... Whilst Nitro felt bigger, this, I felt, was a in-ring a better show. Yeah. I think I think that this is like there's there's a few things in here where you look and you go if you focus on these things you, we should be all right yeah but we'll see we'll see as the weeks go on but uh, have you enjoyed the, your first classic raw review I have Jackins I, I'll have to apologise for our our viewing audience why I've had a really itchy septum all the way through <laughs> and towards the last ten minutes I got cramp in my right leg oh my god <laughs> just like that I did wonder why you were sticking your leg towards yeah, me yeah my, my I got cramp in my thigh uh, so I was trying to rub it out not rub it out but <laughs> I was trying to Patreon.com forward slash cultaholic if you want to watch Jackins rub it out but uh, one (laughs) one final tidbit apparently the dark match for this set of tapings was uh, Men on a Mission and Sid against Shawn Michaels The Undertaker and Lex Luger so oh. Lex Luger was in the building for this, apparently. Oh, yeah, because these would have been the, yeah. the warmed-up taping. So yeah. like, the, this is how like how quick the Luger jump was. Like he Six more matches after this, apparently, and then popped up in the Mall of America in his lovely pirate shirt. So are we going to get a few more Luger matches? Only on house shows. Right. Only on house shows. I was going to say, because like I'd love it if they... Like, I imagine they'd be if Luger was to appear on Raw, they'd be painstakingly taking him out of Raw for the next few weeks. Mm. It's one to keep an eye on. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And until we are back together next time, uh, it's Brat underscore Atkins, isn't it? think so okay right yeah until next time he is at brat underscore atkins on twitter i'm at tom campbell on twitter together we are at cultaholic on twitter don't forget to join us oh fuck (laughs) skittles sorry megan (laughs) megan we're watching love you bye 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Podcasts from. 